As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount Plus. Welcome back to the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Uh, we're super stoked to be back and, and bringing you some content this season. It's been, uh, boy, it's been a rough off season around for everybody, fans, players, teams, anybody involved with football. Really, it's been a hard time, and uh, we're really happy to say we're back. Uh, and this week, what a great way to start off the season against the AFC runner-ups against the Tennessee Titans. So, uh, you know, Jared, David, and myself, we, uh, we're we running through our preseason jitters a little bit. It's uh, We have a good time with this show, and we really go in-depth in breaking down the Tennessee roster, their strengths, their weaknesses, uh, alongside the Broncos roster and, and the different ways that we're going to match up against these Tennessee Titans. So, uh, without further ado here, grab yourself a drink if you can and sit back and enjoy the show orange weekly fans brews and broncos news Hello again and welcome back. I definitely appreciate. I'm going to start that over again. I don't know where I was going with that. That was awful. <laughs> what? Oh, no, keep this. I appreciate this exactly beard. Like this. this I'm not. This we're not keeping this. I appreciate the beard. We're keeping this. Goddamn this right. The part. I'm editing this absolutely. out before I post nope. it. Um, no, you're not. Don't do it. We're keeping this. We're absolutely. Um, this is the best part of the show, right here. This Perfect. is why people don't listen to us. Um, <laughs> they, so this is our first time back for the pre-show uh, podcast, the pre-game podcast, and um, I'm starting this over. Can we? I'm just kidding. No, no, we're keeping all of this first pre-game podcast for season five, and it shows. You know what? The people want to see this kind of stuff. They want to hear. Do, it. They don't. They don't want to do. hear this. They do. Thank you, and welcome to the first. Uh, pre-game podcast of the season. We are happy to be back. Uh, some of us more than others, apparently. Um, and we are excited to bring you uh, another season of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. As always, I am joined by Matt and David. And other than uh, making fun of me, how are you guys doing today? Oh, fantastic. Man, every day that I get to spend with my boys is a good day. Oh, Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a My good answer. I do like that answer. I don't know oh. if it's got as much heart as you think it has in it, but it's a great answer. I do appreciate <laughs> as I that. I think it has. I, you know, <laughs> I, I put I put a goddamn lot of heart into that, Jared. So if you're not, you know, you all right. Let's let's move on. Okay, let's so we have, we have a lot to talk about today. I mean, we obviously had okay. a huge off season. Uh, there's a lot going right for the Broncos, but there's a few things going wrong for the Broncos. And before we get into the pregame podcast, this is a big piece of news that came out yesterday as we were recording this on Wednesday. Von Miller, guys, Von Miller is out for what looks like. Everybody's been reporting the season, but it's looking like there's a possibility he could come back in three months. There's a possibility it could take up to six to ten months. So what are we thinking about losing Von Miller? Is this a time to start burning all of our Bronco stuff and start jumping ship? Gosh, no. No, that's no, crazy talk. That yet. No. Um, but it is definitely reason for concern, and you want to – you know, like I don't know if you guys, you know, check out our live show, Bourbon Broncos and No BS, every Tuesday. Um, if you guys didn't see it, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, what do the Broncos do now? What, how, how can you go on after losing, you know, a talent like Von Miller, an All Pro talent, a you know, a top five guy in his position at the league, in the league, and you know, how do you deal with the fact that you can't replace that production? Because you're just not going to find anybody 
either on your team or off it right now who's going to be able to give you what he gave you. Um, well, I, yeah, I don't think you can replace it, so you don't even try. Right. You know, no, you can't. Pull out the strengths at other places of your roster. You know what I mean? Like the pass rush won't be as good, and yeah. you just got to live with that. Right. And I think that I think know, Bradley Chubb can still play a strong role, mm-hmm. and then you just roll different players in different formations. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a huge uh, game plan change too, right? We, mm-hmm. You have Von Miller, you have certain plays that you just have to send him in. Now you guys have to you have to game plan a little bit more. It makes it a little bit more difficult on the defense. But I, I don't think it's a end of the world situation. Like you said, you just gotta you just gotta move some people around and and fill holes where you can. But it is a huge a huge blow to Broncos country. Yeah, it really does suck. Like a yeah. Hall of Fame caliber player. Heartbreaking. Yeah, right. And what sucks, what sucks even more is we had a guy like Justin Hollins who we just cut, and if we could take that one back, that would be nice to be able to fill in there. But uh, I, I mean, that would again just be filling a hole with someone that's obviously not going to have the caliber of of pass rush or even run stop, which he ended up doing very well last year. And um, big as, time as Miller. underrated part of Von Miller's game is his. Uh, ability in the run game. He's been, you know, a pretty stalwart defender there for all of his career. So we're going to miss, like you guys said, his production is going to be missed Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. And if you guys aren't tracking, it looks like uh, reports are coming out. It could be anywhere from five to six months, as early as three months. And our resident uh, athletic trainer that we have here at Orange Weekly, you know, the way that he puts it is, look, if when your full-time job is rehabbing every single day, when they give those five to six months for a normal rehab on something, it's someone that's going two to three times a week. Von Miller's full-time job is going to be to rehab. He's going to be going to, to doing rehab two to three times a day as opposed to two to three times a week. So that's what can speed up that process. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully he can get back to us at, later in the season, if we start, especially if we start making a push towards uh, the playoffs. That'd right. be a great addition, but Let's be realistic. I mean, that three month projection. I don't yeah, know. that's let's, that seems kind of pushed. Possible, let's expect. But. Yeah, let's expect not to have him. And then if we do get him back at the beginning of December, pleasant surprise. You know, yeah. great, right. absolutely. Um, what do you guys think as far as this game in particular? Um, the implications are for losing a guy like Von Miller. How do you think that affects this matchup that we've got coming? I think it's it definitely does. Yeah, yeah, it, it does because I mean you're going against one of the top running backs in the league and a very productive running back and like you were saying, David, one of Von Miller's um, strengths that was underrated is his run stop. And you're talking about we already have a depleted linebacking core um, and a depleted now a depleted end uh, outside linebacker. It's going to be very tough to be able to stop. And now it's easier when we had both Chubb and Vaughn, it'd be really difficult to run to the outside when you guys got two outside linebackers like those. Now you only have the one guy on the one side and then not Vaughn on the other side. It's going to be a little easier for them. It's going to be difficult. That's a really good point. Like I think we're going to actually put pressure towards that side. You know, they're going to line up and say, just run away from Chubb. Right. You know, attack the other edge. And that's going to help with uh, Henry's production. And, and Tenhill's a mobile quarterback. He's always been able to run around, right? So he's still somebody who's a threat to get out of the pocket. So losing uh, a guy like Vaughn, it's it's going to hurt for sure, the game plan. Right. And they even though the Titans say goodbye to Jack Conklin, their right tackle this offseason, uh, they've still got a lot of faith in Dennis Kelly, who slides in mm-hmm. there. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think there's going to be any drop off in production. It doesn't matter which side Derrick Henry is running to. So you guys are absolutely right. It's going to fall on Malik Reed and Jeremiah Toshu to really lock down that edge. And, you know, would I, I would not be surprised at all, uh, if we saw Jarrell Casey over there. Um, I know, I think he normally plays on the right side of the defense. Um, right. but just his, his ability to kind of shut things down no matter where he is on the line, he's, he's a guy you can move all over the place. Um, so to get that extra help on that side, I think that might be something that we end up seeing happening. Mm-hmm. And that offsets the, what side we were talking about, what side they're going to run to that offsets mm-hmm. the putting Casey and Chubb on the same side and kind of having, right. Yeah. Not those big names on the other side. And don't get me wrong. I, I'm really hoping that we have a couple people step up this year that we weren't expecting. Like Alexander Johnson was that for us last year, right? Who is this mm-hmm. guy? Where is he coming from? And he stepped up big and ended up being one of the top linebackers in the AFC. And hopefully we could find one of those in some of these guys that we just named. And I, 
I'm I'm hoping so. And maybe these are guys that, again, sitting behind Von Miller, learned a bunch from him, can step up and play his game and because we don't really get to see him because we've had Von Miller. Right. Um, I think also – shoot, what, what was I going to say? Matt, do you have a point? Because <laughs> this is no, I think horrible podcasting. Listen, I mean, like, Von Miller's out. There's only so much we can talk about it, right? Like, we, we don't know how the players that are lined up behind them are going to do. We haven't seen him play in a game this year. So – I don't know, man, like we can beat this horse till it's more than dead or we can just kind of move on and, and talk about what we do have available to us. Right. It's next man. Up. Right. Yeah. Next and man it, up for sure. And it's and a, like, go ahead. No, say this Titans offense is going to be difficult to stop a guy like Derek Henry, who's coming off a hot year. He's what I'm most worried about on that side of the ball. The offensive coordinator in uh good Lord. What's his name? We're all forgetting stuff, man. We're rusty. This <laughs> is a rusty one. Arthur yeah. Smith, yeah. second year with the Titans as the OC. He's been with the organization for a long time. And you could tell at the end of the year when uh, Tannehill came in, that offense changed. So I think that, you know, the Broncos defense are going to be uh, busy yeah. on Monday night. And it's the one advantage, at least, that we have is it's a really well-coached defense. Yeah. Um, you know, with Vic Fangio sure. and Donatel. Um at the very, very least, you know these guys are going to have their, their players in position to make plays. They're going to tell them where they need to be. They're going to have the film study done that they need to have done. Um, so that's, you know, one thing that should at least encourage Broncos country. We've got one of the better defensive minds in all of football coaching these guys. You know, hopefully they'll be able to at least mitigate some of that loss um, that you get with Von Miller being out. Most definitely. Yeah. The thing here, <clears throat> what I do think is if the Broncos get off to a hot start, if we can start passing and scoring early, I think we put the Titans in a position that they don't like to be in because the receivers are questionable. You know, outside of A.J. Brown, who had a 1,000 yards off 50 catches last year, like just stellar big play sort of receiver. Um, You know, Adam Humphreys, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, they're all unproven. Um, They have potential, but – if they need to start keeping up score for score, oh, I think it's going to be difficult for them. You know, Humphreys was one of those guys that last year was kind of one of those underrated free agent signings for mm-hmm. the for the Titans. Right. Everybody was kind of talking about how his potential carrying over from Tampa Bay the previous season, giving him a, ch- a chance to be a little bit more of a featured guy, um, was really going to help him shine. And that it really didn't happen uh, for him last season. So I, I kind of, you know, I'm with you there, Matt, especially Corey Davis, a guy who, what was he drafted in the top five or top six? And he's just never really lived up to that billing. Yeah. Um, You know, he's not a bad player by any means, but he's not, I would say, to the level of even Cortland Sutton. Um, Yeah, he's no, he's no, no superstar. And I don't know Mm -hmm. that he's ever going to be there. Um, So they've got some possession type guys to go along with a superstar in, in Brown, but as far as the passing game goes, those weapons are not, you know, I think if you stack them up, even against the Broncos skill position players, I think we come out looking pretty favorably there. Yeah. Well, if you think about it too, Tannehill Mm -hmm. and that offense is a clock control offense. They're a game manager. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the reason he does so well is because he is a game manager. He doesn't have to throw the ball that often. In the playoff game, he threw what, seven passes in the first half. It was something absolutely. I don't remember the stat exactly, but it was something ridiculous. And it's obviously because they're controlling the line of scrimmage. And when you have, and Matt, obviously you love it when we talk about offensive linemen, but when you have this kind of offensive lineman that can just demolish the line of scrimmage and push that line of scrimmage up two yards, it's it's going to be hard to stop. The only weak point that's in, and I say weak point, and he's not even a weak point, is their guard, Nate Davis, which would have been on their right side, their right guard. Now, whether or not he's going to be able to play well, especially if we put Casey on there, and I think that's what Fig Fangio is going to do, put Casey over the right guard, and hopefully we can get a little bit of penetration mm-hmm. there. And uh, I think that's got to be our point. best bet to stop Derrick Henry. I, that's a good point, but at the same time, the left side, Lawan Saffold, and Jones, like, you know, there's a reason why you run, like, on the left often, more often. Absolutely. You know, with a guy like Derrick Henry. And so – this is going to be a, a very good offensive line to play against for yes. sure. Like ben Jones and don't be is surprised. Top center and 
Go ahead. Don't be surprised if if they, we're not touching Derrick Henry until two yards upfield. Oh, absolutely. and that that's just how they run. That's mm-hmm. just how they run this offense. And they're really good at it. So that's yeah, why, like, very the best good. way to counter that is to start scoring points because then right. they have to give up the run and go to the pass, right? So it's like it's almost up to the offense to slow down Derrick Henry. And we saw that against the Chiefs in the playoffs, right? I mean, the the Titans were up ten on them. And yes. the Chiefs just dusted yeah. off that quick strike offense, and the Titans just had no answer for that. Exactly. Um, so we're going to have to – it may be a tough ask, but I think you guys are right. The best uh, cure for all of this, even though we were able to shut down Derrick Henry pretty effectively last season with basically the same personnel, um, the best recipe is to score points, and that's going to be going forward. Um but, you know, we're just going to have to see what happens there. I think if it comes down to it and the defense has to hold back Derrick Henry, they probably can do it. But I would rather, you know, not be in this situation where we're in the fourth quarter and, you know, we're up 10-3 or 10-7. And, yeah. you know, let's just put a few points on the board and not make it an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about this defense, though. Like with Jadavian Clowney, now is their new addition. You know, we talked yes. about him on our, our live show last night. How do you think he, you know, he favors in this game? Is he going to be a dominant force? Is he going to get a few plays here and there? What are your thoughts? So with the with the current COVID protocols, he's not even going to be able to get to practice until I believe two, Thursday, Thursday mm-hmm. or Friday. So he's going to have maybe two to three practice with them. I think if whatever force he's got, he's going to play, but I think it's going to be third downs. I think it's going to be pass rush downs. It's going to be your one job is get the quarterback, right? It's not going to be, it might be a gap fill here and there, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of him. And if he does come out there, it's going to be to mess with Garrett Bowles. And I I think it's going to be to to try to get as much as he can against Garrett Bowles. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a great matchup against uh, Garrett Bowles, but he's listed as the starter. Above Vic Beasley, who's like, well, I mean, it's Vic here. Beasley. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. reason they they went and got to Davy and Clowney is because Vic Beasley was they Vic, had Beasley Vic Beasley all the way through yeah. camp, and yeah. he didn't show them that he could do it. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm concerned about both of our tackles against Clowney. Um, mm. I think either Wilkinson or Bowles is going to have a really really tough time keeping him out of the quarterback's lunch. Um, we're just going to have to see. You know, I. I would like to this is going to be a big test for Pat Shermer um to see and Mike Munchak to see how they you know slide protections um if they decide to do that at all or if they just decide let's leave these tackles on an island and see how they fare uh you know I don't know that that's the best recipe for success but at the same time he may just decide I'm going to run my game plan no matter who's on the other side and that means we're doing this thing this thing and this thing and that means we're not going to be sliding extra protections to either side so yeah. we're yeah. Let's just see how that well, plays out. Look at the tight ends we signed with, yeah. especially Vanit, who's a you know nice pass blocker. Mm-hmm. Maybe you start lining up two tight ends on the field all the time, right? Right. Add that extra protection, and then with two tight ends, you can run that outside zone really well, right? Which yeah. is a good way to like fight against right. strong ends. You run right at them. So I think that we're equipped to fight this defense really well. Who I'm more worried about is Evans and Brown in the middle. Those two middle linebackers have been playing together for a couple of years now, and they're they're really good, man. They rarely miss tackles. They're decent in pass coverage, and, like, they're all over the field. And they have a good communication. You know, they feed off each other really well. So these are two players that could, like, break up a lot of plays we have just based on their film study alone. You know, so I think they're going to be big players to watch on the uh, Tennessee defense, yeah. and uh, they'll play some games with Locke for sure. Yeah, we're going to have to see. It's going to uh, – on both sides of the ball, those middle linebackers are going to be key. Because um, for our – on our when we're on defense, uh, you really want to – you know, that play action element that we talked about a little bit, and we'll probably get into a little more, um, that's such a big part of Tennessee's passing game that requires so much discipline from your linebackers to be able to defend successfully. Whether they're getting sucked up by that play action, whether they're even – you know, hesitating even for a half of a half of a second because of that that run action, it, it can be the difference between a pass breakup and a 60-yard bomb for a touchdown. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, for, for theirs, it's for a, set, a young quarterback like Drew Locke um, to go up against guys like that who have been in the league together for a long time and have that great chemistry and really good communication, uh, it's going to be a real, real test for a young guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, what I, what I don't think though is that at those linebacking at that linebacker position, I don't think there's anybody there that can cover guys like Noah Fant or Jake Butt for that matter. As we're looking right. at that, I don't think I think that might be the key for our offense going in here is targeting those linebackers and coverage. Just like the Broncos, every every time anybody ever plays the Broncos for the past ten years, target the line linebackers and strong safeties and coverage against our running backs. And now that we have, you know, obviously we have Noah Fant, and now that we have, um, oh my gosh, Albert O, uh, you've got uh, Nick Van Ant. No, what's, oh, what's that? No, no, no. Oh, oh Okawebenom. No, I know Okawebenom. There you go. And, and, and but I, I, obviously he's going to be a big target in the in the red zone yeah. and stuff. But I, I think we're going to use our running backs out in swing oh, passes, sure. and we're going to be oh, using yeah. our running backs to line up as as slot guys. I think it's going to be that's going to be the key. It's because we're going to have to get the ball out of our hands fast. I got to get the ball out of Drew Lock's hands fast when you have those kind of pass rushers, and we have to target our tight ends and and running backs, and it's got to got to come out fast. So I think that's got to be. I, to exactly your point, man. I think we're always going to have one running back and one tight end on the field, you know, right. at, at least at a minimum. And what we're going to try to do is find out who's matched up with Rashawn Evans, who's the least good uh, pass coverage linebacker on the team between the two. He's rated 41.1 as per PFF. And so if we can match up Lindsay on him, we've got a good shot. If we can line up Fant on him, we've got a good shot. So if we don't know who's lined up on, it's going to be Locke, you know, his job to just scan and see who he's with, and then you throw the ball to him. That's it. And, you know, we, we, um, you've got the defense in, t- in Tennessee plays a lot of cover zero because it's Bill Belichick's defense. Uh, so we're, you know, if you can get, we, um, we talked a little bit about it on last night's show. If you can get Noah Fant, uh, all mm-hmm. over the, all over the field, but in this particular instance, you may want to keep him in line or close to the line of yeah. scrimmage as opposed to split out where he's going to get covered by a safety or a corner. Uh, just to take advantage of those matchups you guys yeah. are talking about, like Philip Lindsay or Melvin Gordon on a Texas route against those inside linebackers, that's easy money. Like you take that all day. Even um, against the corners, yeah, and they're short. They're five eleven, both of them. Yeah, right? and Noah Fan is right. six four. Right. Yeah, like and that. three six four. That's a huge advantage. I mean, so. uh, the real obviously the real threat in that defensive backfield is Kevin Byard, their, their free yeah. safety. Um, but like you say, Adore Jackson, Jonathan Joseph, wow, uh, that corner depth is not inspiring. <laughs> that that is a matchup that you, I think if you're if you're Drew Locke and Pat Shermer, you can also exploit. Um, go ahead, Jonathan Joseph was drafted in 2006. Yeah, he and he was really oh good with the Texans, God. maybe like he five was. years ago, and with the Bengals. But, mm-hmm, yeah, before that, like he's a great player, but. Man, I've been watching football for too long. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and or he's been in the league too long. One of the two. Wow, he's like thirty-seven. Good for him. Right. Man. Yeah, uh, to be the starter still that, but uh, you know, I thought last year he when in our game last year we showed kind of Jonathan Joseph, whoever he's matched up on. That's a matchup you can exploit. Um, mm-hmm. And if you put Adore Jackson on Cortland Sutton, forget about it. That guy's going to eat Adore Jackson's lunch. Yeah. Um, so th- you know, there's matchups there we can exploit, but I, I agree most with Jared's point that we've got to get the ball out quickly, no matter what, uh, if nothing else to establish a rhythm for your young quarterback. But mm-hmm. so we'll see if those matchups that you can exploit those a little later on in the game, once you've started yes. to open things up a little, I, I was just about to say that. And you kind of hit it on the, on the head is those matchups are matchups made in heaven for someone who has enough time to get that matchup. Yeah. Yeah. the ball and and I don't think I don't think right off the bat especially when when Tennessee knows that we have a young quarterback and we knows we have a young offensive line uh, I don't think they're going to be able to, they're not going to give us the time and I, I the ball's got to come out pressure. fast the ball's going to come out yeah they're going to run they're going to pressure him and they're going to stop the line because that's what we're known for is running the ball we have yeah. two of the top league's top running backs on our team they're going to try to they crowd the line of scrimmage and try to stop us from running the ball and then what ends up happening is because our offensive line is not the greatest yeah. is, what it's better than it was last year already it, Okay, well, sort of. I, I'll give you that. So there's a Lloyd Cushenberry. I love Lloyd Cushenberry. He's unproven, yeah. right? We have that Wilkinson is starting at right guard or right tackle, and that's not not good. Not ideal. Not Glasgow. ideal. Not ideal. Better guard. Than like, so Glasgow. Year. Glasgow. It looks like he is going to be healthy enough for the game. So that's good. I do appreciate the Glasgow. Reisner. I love Reisner, and then Garrett Bowles is coming into his own. I love Reisner. 
It's yeah. very young offensive line. For sure. That for sure. O- the but offense in good. general, the offense in general is so young. And oh, they're yeah. going to try to exploit that so bad. It's just a very young team, and that's what I'm a little worried about. With and with that, an experienced yeah. coordinator, though. With sure, a very – right. A really good coordinator. And listen, it's not going to be up to the offense to make the audibles and the plays happen. You know what I mean? Like, the coach are going to feed the plays to Locke. But you're right. They're going to do everything in their power to, like, just make Locke uncomfortable, put pressure on him. And with the combination of Clowney and Simmons and even Harold Landry, like he's the third guy, man, like he can get some pressure. So you're right, man. They're going to come heavy at lock right away just to get him off his balance, you know? Right. So like we were saying, getting the ball out super fast is going to be so, so important, especially early in the game. Yeah. And then later, yeah. And then later in the game, you may be able to exploit those matchups. You may be able to exploit Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton on these guys. Because they've, you know, that pass rush maybe has been knocked back a little bit. Hell, maybe we even, quote unquote, establish the run. And that's, you know, it's it's a young yeah. quarterback's best friend. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, you know, having two guys in Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay who can do what they can do is certainly a big help to this offense. So what do you guys think about that? Do you like our matchup, the, our run, the matchup of our run game versus their defensive line? I like our matchup mm. of a Pat Shermer organized run game i don't like them at it. I, I i don't i'm i'm indifferent i like okay. i like we need to we need to get creative on the offensive line we need to get creative on the run game because they're going to fill gaps and they're going to fill gaps better than we're going to be able to get to the gaps to open them and we're going to need to get creative we're going to need to pull some guards which is going to be difficult we're going to need to uh you know exploit the outside which is something that if we can if we can get the edge if we can create an edge mm-hmm. it's going to be good because we have two running backs that are very speedy I, that's what we're going to need to do i think running it up the middle and just a generic what we no, we're normally used to zone run it's going to be very difficult against this team not right. against this team for sure but i no. think that our running backs as pass catchers are really where the matchups at Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like get yeah. Lindsay and Gordon out in space. I think that's where we can really exploit them and spread the defense out a bit. So then we yeah. can establish the run, you know, yeah. like establishing the run can happen after you pass. You know what I mean? It's just to spread the defense out, put them back on their heels. Yeah. That can work too. Because to Jared's point, they're going to do everything they can to stop this like basic run game. So Sherman needs to get creative. One way to do that is I think, you know, pass the ball to running backs. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's going to look a lot of times like we're dumping it off, and I think a lot of times you're going to see a lot of swing passes, a lot of uh, running backs to the flats, the yeah. quick look, and it's going to look like we're dumping it off, but a lot of times that's probably going to be planned only yeah. because we're trying to, to spread the field with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and then dump it off in the front and let our running backs do what they do. I mean, we have two of the best running backs in the league. Why not give the ball to them and get the ball in their hands in open space? Oh, even on game. yeah, even on screens, I think we're going to see quite a few um, to both both of those guys, and probably to Noah Fant too, just because of what he can do once he's got the ball in his hands and watching people bounce off of him. God, that'll be nice, man! Isn't it nice <laughs> to be able to talk about like football again? Oh, this so is nice. Fun. Oh yeah. man! Like we're at, right now as we record, we're about twenty four hours away from the kickoff of you know the hated Chiefs versus the Texans. But man, it's a game. It's a game. And I'll, you know what, that one, and I know this isn't a Chiefs or Texans podcast, but uh, that'll be really interesting to me just to see, like, how these two teams who have continuity on offense, how they start the season, like, yeah. what they look like to begin things. So, uh, you know, I, with the coaching turnover and the player turnover that we had, it's not going to be as smooth for us no matter what, but that I'll be right. really interested to see if it looks like they're out there playing preseason or if it looks like they're kind of, you know, ready to go already. I'm interested to see the injuries from that game. Yeah. I don't, Mm -hmm. I never wish injuries that, you know, I absolutely hate injuries and never wish injuries on anybody, but I'm worried that with, with all the preparation and by all, I mean, so little preparation we've had moving up to this, this point, what is a full game when people are going full speed? This isn't, this isn't a scrimmage. This isn't a practice. This is a full speed game. What's going to happen? How many pulled muscles are we going to get? How many rolled ankles are we going to get? I'm yeah. I'm a little worried about it, and I'm, I have a feeling it's gonna it's gonna be more than what people are expecting. And let's talk about like the advantage that we do have, man, with the uh, the altitude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that first game in Tennessee's coming from across the country. They're flying through. Everything's a weird protocol now. You know, it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be nine. 
it'll be 9 30 or wait maybe even 10 30 their They're time not. by the time they're ready to kick this off right. so yeah that's that, for us let's mm-hmm. not Let's use the environment to uh, to our advantage here too, right? Yeah, very much so. We have to because that's you know even though we're not going to have fans in the stadium for this this game, um, you know, like you were saying that we are one of the few teams in the league that has a home field advantage that has nothing to do with the crowd noise. So right. we have got to be able to exploit that. If the Titans come out looking sluggish, you have got to get in and score early, put them mm-hmm. in a hole, and make them respond to you. Absolutely, yeah. and I, I think that's what that's what you're going to need to do. And like like Matt was saying, this all goes down to we got we we strike quick and we keep their defense. Or we sorry, we we got to keep their defense on the field. We strike yeah. quick. We use the ball to our advantage. Keep their defense on the field. They're not used to the altitude. Yeah. So uh, for this upcoming game, who, in your opinion, is a Broncos player that you should watch out for? This game, like who's here? Who who's somebody who could have a breakout game? Who's somebody who could establish themselves? When you think about this upcoming matchup, you know who's on your mind. Go for me, go. for me, it's Mark. It's Mark Barron. I oh, think Mark okay. Barron. I think he needs to come in. People have given that trade and that that pick up a lot of flack. A lot of people aren't expecting him, saying he's a wash up. Obviously, he was you know expected to do a lot more. I think he needs to have a big game, and if he does have a big game, him and Alexander Johnson could become one of the best linebacking duos that that we've seen in a long time. And if 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 he establishes himself in this game, it'll establish himself for the rest of the season because this is one of the hardest games that they're going to play against one of the toughest running backs in the league. Yeah, no, it's a good way to start, man. Yeah, like baptism by fire. And like we were Absolutely. talking about earlier, he's going to be relied on in the pass game too, just to be mm-hmm. assignment sound when they go with those play action passes. It's really going to be a big test for him right off the bat. Um, you know, I think Alexander Johnson can handle it, but Mark Barron doesn't have a ton of time in this defense. You know, they cut Todd Davis, so they obviously feel good enough about where they are with between him right. and Josie Jewell that they can put one of those guys out there and, and expect success. But let's not forget, it. man. Mm-hmm. Fangio is a like whisperer yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like he oh, does yeah. wonders with inside dbs linebackers. and linebackers he's a yeah. he's a gem so yeah. you know todd davis gone and then you see all these like you know no names on the defense it doesn't bother me whatsoever because yeah. what no. you know I th- i'm pretty sure alexander sorry alexander's johnson's holy alexander johnson's success it's not even a tough year. name man i know i don't know <laughs> my french is coming out I think his <laughs> success is greatly tied to Fangio. It's not like he just Absolutely. happened to blossom in the right, right system with the right coach. He really did well. So even Calitro could be somebody that surprises us, right? Mark Barron, I think, is an exceptional athlete at the position. I think he's really fast, a great pass coverage. He's a bit small and he gets bullied in the run, but I think he's got a place within this defense. So that's a, that's a good pick. Who uh, who do you pick, David? I'm going to go with Jarrell Casey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe this is cheating a little bit because he's already yeah, kind of come out and talked about. Yeah, all right, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he came out already and had some comments about how this game has a little bit of extra juice for him. Um, and like we were talking about earlier, Von Miller being out is going to put a lot of extra pressure on him just as a guy who can do so many things for your defense. Um, and that includes rush the passer um, from an inside rush perspective. He is going to be tasked with a lot in this game uh, and every game going forward. But to have him, you know, with that little bit of extra, maybe a chip on his shoulder because the, he thought the Titans threw him away like he was trash. I think he actually said that at one point during this offseason. He felt like he was a piece of trash that just got thrown away. Um, but, you know, he's also talked about how welcome the everybody's made him feel in Denver uh, how easy it was to kind of get along in that locker room. So he's a guy who I think is, as a leader on the defense, especially is going to have a lot to say about the outcome of this game. That's a good pick. For the Broncos, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cheating, it's a cheating pick. But. It's a cheating pick, but you know, it's the first game, the first podcast of the season. We're trying to, everybody's getting their legs back under us. I don't know. You're if right. we're gonna You're cut, right. I don't know if we're going to cut the intro, 
uh, that we come, that we come have on, man. I, if but, we would have cut it, why would we bring it up right now? Well, because I don't want you to cut it. Because, <laughs> but if anybody manages to listen to that, we'll we'll realize that all of us, Jared included, are not quite in this season <laughs> form yet. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, that's fine. Oh, yeah. I'm picking AJ Bouye. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Here's a guy who had a rough time in Jacksonville, but had a great time in ten- in um, Houston beforehand. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now he's coming into an, a more of an established defense, a better culture than Jacksonville. Um, better coaches. Better coaches, better restaurants, better everything. Better, not, yeah, better, better people. Too. Better defensive yeah. backfield by far. Yeah, it's it's just not Florida, so everything's an upgrade. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that he's a player that can really shine this week, given that the Tennessee receiving core is not that strong. He'll probably right. be up against AJ Brown a lot, but that's okay. You know, let's let's see what he can do. Um, but if he doesn't pan out, eh, yikes, the DBs are uh, a little weak, but I think that he's got a good chance to establish himself this game. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, let's talk about this too. So we have we have Boye on one side, and we have Callahan on the other, who hasn't played a snap in an, uh, about a year and a half. Right. So it, 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 it this is one of those situations where we, on paper, our DBs look like they're phenomenal, and you know they have all these stats, and right, they they look great on previous teams. So we neither one of these guys played a snap for the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. and we have them as our starting cornerbacks. Yep. So. I, that's that's an interesting uh, stat line to watch is yeah. how they do against and luckily we're playing a guy like Tannehill who doesn't throw the ball very often but if he if they could you know uh if they could stop the offensive passing I don't know how do I want to put this if they could stop the 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 <laughs> if they could stop the yeah I'm loading I'm loading if they could stop <laughs> the receivers and, and get a, a couple interceptions get a couple turnovers it's going to be huge for us but like I said neither one of them played for the Denver Broncos it's going to be interesting to watch. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How about with the Titans? Who's a player that, uh, you know, you're afraid of right now? I, I mean, don't cheat. Don't pick yeah. Him. Yeah. And, and yeah. not yeah. Henry either. I, I think Henry. Right. Clowney and Henry are. Who's somebody else? To me, it's Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith jumps out as a guy who didn't have a ton of production last year, but is an ultra athletic tight end. Um, was I, I, I'm, Now I'm going to look. Um, cause he's, he's also very young. Um, I don't know if last year was his first year in the league or not, but if not, it was pretty close. Um, well, he's been in the league for four years. This is four years. four years. Okay. And in that time he has 73 receptions, 854 receiving yards, uh, and eight touchdowns. So not a stat compiler by any means. Um, but also now, you know, he doesn't have Delaney Walker o- above him on mm-hmm. that depth chart anymore. He's really going to get a chance to be the guy as far as the tight ends go for that team. Um, so just with our history of cover poorly covering tight ends, you know, until they go out and prove to me you've solved that issue, I'm going to be nervous about it. Yeah, good pick. Mm-hmm. Jared? So right now uh- – they have the only rookie that Tennessee has starting right now is uh, Laro Murchison, who is their defensive end um, slash interior defensive lineman. I'm in, I'm interested to see how that works out, and and not that I'm afraid of them. And I, I think that was your question, Matt. I, I don't think I'm cool. afraid of them. I'm I'm interested to see how we can attack that and how we can play that. We have a rookie center. They have a rookie inside defensive lineman, and that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see that matchup. I'm interested to see how he plays and how he mm-hmm. plays into that defensive line, and then the strength of that defensive line. Yeah, I think they're still trying to find who's going to be that guy. Uh, you know, Jack Crawford or this uh, Murchison guy. Um, right. On the, the other side of the line, though, here's my pick. Oh, it's yeah. Jeffrey Simmons. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Simmons had a torn ACL last year in college. He got drafted in, like, the middle of the first round. Um, but if it wasn't for the injury, he would have been drafted probably in the top ten. Like, he is a disruptive force on the defensive line. And last year, his little bit of production was good, but this year after, I mean, a full off season, but his brace is off and he's feeling more comfortable and he's back to his regular self. He could be a force up the middle. So, you know, Glasgow, Cushenberry and Reisner, they're going to really have their hands full with this guy. And he's someone that I think, you know, we'll see in the backfield more than once. on You know, Glasgow, I'm going to, I'm really going to be watching on, on that matchup, especially um that they you know they say he's going to be ready but he had an ankle injury and that you know it's not as important for 
a guard as it is for a tackle to be able to move around quickly on that ankle, but it's still going to affect him, I would assume, at least a little bit. I'm really, really anxious to see how effective he is against guys like Simmons in this particular game. Mm. I agree. All right, well, now, now let's flip it. Let's talk about uh, our Denver Broncos, who we think our Denver Bronco uh, standout is going to be this year, or this, for this game. This year, oh man! This year, yeah. Let's talk about for this. Game. I'm, I'm still in off season for him again. I'm, I want to talk. We're talking about this game, Tennessee <laughs> Titans. Who who do you think the the Bronco that's gonna really show us the best the best we, output this game? Did we not? Already? We, we talked about we talked about who we want who we are looking at and who we want to talk about, but we didn't talk about who do we think is gonna do the best. Okay, okay. I see. I think it's gonna be Lord Cushenberry, Lloyd. Cushenberry. Lord, Lord, Lord Cushenberry. We might be calling that's Lord. his name now. That's yep, his name Lord. now. <laughs> nice. Um, so Lloyd Cushenberry. Uh, listen, I think he's fantastic, and Munchak is a great coach. And yes, the Titans' defensive line is strong, but I think this guy's going to come in day one and just be a beast for the rest of his career. Like he was really well established at LSU and he's going to transition well. So like, he's my pick for somebody who's going to surprise, who's going to be better than you think he's going to be. And he's going to make a difference. I may just be wish casting here, but you know, it's like the secret you speak it into existence, right? <laughs> I'm picking drew lock. You know what? I like the matchup yeah. against this secondary, especially and the way they play um, with our weapons. I know that, you know, they haven't had as, t- as much time to build chemistry with the quarterback as you would like. Um, but you still got Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant out there. You still got uh, Philip Lindsay. Um, you know, like we talked about yesterday a little bit, Jerry Judy has such route running abilities that if Drew Locke is able to read through his progression, get through his progressions, and get to um, Jerry Judy, he's going to be open. More likely than not, he's going to be available. Um, So I think Drew Locke comes out, you know, two, two, three touchdowns, zero to one pick, 250, 300 yards. Um, I think he looks really good against this this opposing defense um, and just builds on that uh, from there. I like it. Um, And I think my pick is going to be – Debated, I guess, is going to be the easiest word I want to put. I don't want to. I don't want to say it's going to be hated, but it's definitely going to be debated. So uh, I think the best someone that's going to have a really good game and it's going to surprise a lot of people is going to be Garrett Bowles. Ooh. I think he's he's put on some weight. He's been working with Mike Munchak for a, you know through the off season and through the the uh, preseason lack of preseason that we've had. I think he's going to come out here and surprise a lot of people. That on top of Clowney not having a lot of time on the defense uh, with this team with the Tennessee Titans, there's going to be a combination of that. I don't think he's going to be very disruptive, and I think Garrett Bowles is going to have a lot to play with that. I think he's going to do very well in this game and help out our team. Mm. Boy. Oh, we just talked about speaking it into existence. Cause so from your lips, man, God, please. Oh man. Yeah. Like, and that's the other thing. He has a lot to prove. We, we did not pick up his fifth year option to start. I mean, game one, you have to hit the ground running. You get one holding penalty against you. And that's all people are going to call you for the rest of the season. You know that yeah. you have to go out and play a strong, solid yeah. game, this game to get people to be on your side again. And I think, I hope it happens because I like Garrett Bowles. I think he could be that guy. He just needs to yeah, keep his hands to himself. You're alone in that camp. I know, yes. I know. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who are definitely just anti. Oh. And and Matt, we've talked about this too. I think Garrett Bowles, you're right. He could probably use a change of scenery because mm-hmm. a lot of people in Broncos country, all they know him is is Garrett Holds. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think that has to be the case. I think he can come out here and play a very strong game here, and there's going to change hopefully playing, change a lot of people's minds. Yeah, he's playing for his career. You know what he I is. mean? Like this guy is every single game matters for him because I don't think the Broncos are going to resign him unless he comes out and like has a stellar year. Um, but at the end of the day, he's he's playing for free agency. So I hope he does well because then that means that the Broncos win. Um, by the same time, I mean he is what he is until he's not. Yeah, that whole I mean that I added weight or subtracted weight or whatever in the off season is one of the biggest tropes out there um, for NFL players. And we all, a lot of times get in trouble by automatically assuming that's going to mean anything at all. 
Um, well, hold on. When you're talking about an offensive lineman and a, a, a light offensive lineman uh, gaining weight, that's a huge piece. I guess, but how does that in and of itself solve his holding problems? Is that going to mean that he gets less? Does that give him better hand techniques? Yes. The fact that he that he gained twenty uh, pounds. No, not hand techniques, but it gets. Yeah, it gives him a stronger base. It gives him a stronger base. I well, yeah, yeah. The problem with Bowles is that his feet aren't moving, so him gaining weight is kind of like it might be slowing him down even more. Because like holding happens when you're not moving your feet enough or fast yeah. enough or in the right technique. That's right. when players hold the most. So if you're not fixing that, which you might be fixing that, I don't know. But Bowles has been a smallish player for his entire He's career. He's just been right, you know, and he, the extra weight could help him with against the bull rush could help him against like, you know, the run blocking, but in terms of pass protection, you know, it's his feet that always worry me. Yeah. Just can't seem to keep up with these elite pass rushers, even like the average ones. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So like, well, yeah, absolutely. Jared, if you're right about this, we will both come here next week and say, Jared nailed that. And yeah. Right, I will eat. They, my, will, we no. we've had that bet already. You already owe me an at heat. I am in the eat. hole for one hat as it is, and a sandwich. <laughs> as it and out. a sandwich. You also yeah, owe me a sandwich. I do. Uh, yeah, uh, but we're just gonna have to see. I mean, the the best thing about all of this is at the end of it, we get to see a game played, right? Yep. Like we actually get to see the guys oh, play football, and we'll get to talk about a result of that and what will happen moving forward. I mean, I can tell you the look on both of you guys' face right now is so ecstatic. Uh, oh, if our, uh, yeah, if our <laughs> listeners could see you right now, like they would be like, you guys need to tone it down. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. So, I can't right. wait for football to start again. Okay, so here's a question. Yeah. It's completely off topic, but I have to ask. Okay. And we got to honor our, our time here. Yeah. Um, so, David, uh, we talked about this yesterday with Kevin. Jared, you weren't there, but we made fun of you endlessly for it. I so heard, I Jared. Who was your favorite pick of your fantasy team? Oh, of the fantasy team. So, yeah. and I heard you guys make fun of me, but yeah. the fact that I got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Claire, 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 Clyde Edwards Hilaire, 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 Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's it. Um, I I'm super excited for him because you're right. He's huge boomer bust. Like he, he is, he is either well. going to be the guy in Kansas City or he's going to not get a single ball because they're just going to be throwing the ball all over the place. I don't, I don't mind it, but I think that was a huge pickup for me. And I also heard the show. Uh, yes, I believe my wife drafted better than I did. She did, M- like much better. Like there's much. no, yeah. like objective. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, about her it. bench like, is better than most of my starters. Patrick Mahomes. Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, Juju oh. smith Susher, Chris uh, – sorry, Chris – Calvin Ridley, Noah Fant, A.J. Green. That's the starters. It's she insane. has Devontae yeah. Parker, and he can't even crack yeah, the starting yeah. lineup. That's insane. And Montgomery. Yeah. Good and Lord. Hooper. Ugh. It, Embarrassment. It, it, Embarrassment. She's going to uh, win this league, and I'm going to pretend like I helped. <laughs> <laughs> I was also there. Said I, I was in the same household when it happened. That's so, mm-hmm. what, suck it. Um, the funny part is, we you were giving her advice the whole time. You should have taken the advice. She, I, I should, her, taken you her never advice. Actually took those players for yourself, which you I, know, right. probably the, the the thing that a good husband does. But let's also remember it when she's like whooping your ass by forty <laughs> points when you guys. I was. Were there. I was doing the uh, appropriate thing and making sure that she had the right players. No, that's fair. That's no. fair, man. It's respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, who was your the pick that you were most surprised that you got? Oh, man, you're going to have to make me go in here and look. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, who, did, who was I surprised I got? Um, okay, so Keenan Allen. I think sure. Keenan Allen, so he fell pretty far, and yeah, yeah. I got him, and he just signed a huge deal with uh, L.A. and to, to stay there. Obviously, he's getting up there in age. He's burnt me before by getting injured. Uh, last time I drafted him, I think it was two or three years ago, and he got injured for the whole season, basically. Oh. But I, th- the fact that he fell for so long, and he's still the number one guy. Uh, yeah. I still think he's the number one guy in L.A., 
um, with a yeah, rookie really quarterback, or it's like Tyrod Taylor, I think is in is in LA yeah. now. He's gonna, um, yeah, he's gonna start. He's gonna he's gonna need someone to look for, and that's someone that can get open. I think yeah. that's someone that I was surprised to get. Yeah, that's that's a really good pick. He did slide quite a bit in our draft, so yeah, absolutely. Cool. Good to know, but man, the rest of your team. <laughs> can we just big, let, big, let's fat, let's ask me yeah. again in six weeks? <laughs> sure. When you're when you're one in five, okay, yeah. When I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that one will be like over me, so I because I'll, I'll be like zero oh, and six. So. so right, here's who you're going up against this week. Okay, the auto draft team. Right? Oh, oh, great! If I lose to the auto draft team, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Darren Waller, and T- uh, and Lockett, whatever his first name is, Tyler, Tyler Lockett. You're going to get smoked, my friend. You are going to get smoked. It's not happening. It's not happening. (laughs) Also, also, week one, week one, and and don't pretend like you don't know this, week one is always such a craps roll. Like, it is so random, and sometimes people come out of the woodwork that you've never even heard of, and and people that are supposed to be, like, the number one guy just do nothing. So I have that going for me. Yep. (laughs) And then after that, it's all downhill. And, and then it's all there. yeah. After that, I just have to pretend to play the waiver wire and pick up you know like yeah. Joe Flacco or something and and go from there. Oh god, yeah, loony. All right. All right. Oh yeah. man. All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, thank you guys for uh, hanging out and uh, listening to us for this whole thing. We're excited for football. Honestly, we are just so stoked that football's back. We got a game on Thursday night. We have our games on Monday night. This is going to be a huge, huge season. We're so excited that it's back. And thank you guys for joining us for another season of Orange Weekly. We're super happy to be here. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe on this. Make sure you follow our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, we also have a couple other new shows on Facebook. And we have a new podcast called Ragers. If you guys are into the betting process of the whole football every single week, go ahead and go follow Ragers as well. Thank you guys for joining us. You guys have any last words as we go around before we sign off? Matt. Oh, go Broncos. Well, go, go Broncos. Broncos. Uh, do we have a score prediction for the? Oh the yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do a score prediction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Broncos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I like it. It's okay. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna say the Broncos do a little better. Twenty-eight, fourteen. Broncos. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think there's gonna be that much offense in this game. I think it's gonna be twenty-one, fourteen. I think yeah, that's I where mean, it's going to be. I don't think there's going to be a lot of offense in this game. Yeah, more realistic is like 14-10 Broncos, but like yeah, like Jared's saying, but I'm sticking with my optimism until we see them on the field. Right. I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love to see, like you said, I'd love to see the offense go out there and just score a bunch of touchdowns right off the bat. That'd be nice. Cool. But we shall see. But we get to watch a Broncos game, so ultimately everybody wins. That's right. All right. Well, that being said, let's go ahead and sign this off with a go Broncos. Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.